Matthew 6, 5 through 15. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's go. Say, let's go. Wow, that's all we got? Becca, that's all you get? All right, so we're, today we're going to talk about prayer. Today, Jesus, you guys, today Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. Today, Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. There's a lot of times we think, and, and we as Christians and followers of Jesus, we, we, we think prayer is just talking to God. And which it is. Don't get me wrong, prayer is just talking to God. But Jesus actually taught his disciples how to pray, which is interesting. We don't, we don't think that. We don't think there's a way to pray. But Jesus actually said there was a way to pray. And there is a way to pray. There, I remember the last church I worked at in Bend, I asked, uh, <laughs> I asked a junior hire to pray after we had a small group. And he kind of looked puzzled for a little bit, and he was, he was like, I was like, what's going on? Why, do, why, why don't you want to pray? And this guy was like following Jesus. He grew up in the church, so alive. I'm like, why do you, do you not want to pray? And he's like, well, where's the food? <laughs> he thought you only could pray before a meal. You see, we think that we don't know. Some of us in here, we don't know when to pray. We don't know if God sees and hears us when we pray. We don't know what to say when we pray. And we don't know really the purpose of it sometimes. And so that's what we're going to tackle today. Today we're going to talk about what Jesus says and how to pray. Jesus is going to teach us how to pray today. And before personally I fully understood what prayer was and is in my own life, I uh, viewed prayer as just some words that we just had to memorize. I just thought you just had to memorize a bunch of random words and then regurgitate those words and then you call it good, check it off the box and move on. I grew up in the Catholic Church, so in order to be confirmed in the Catholic Church, I don't know if it's still the same, but at that time it was, you had to memorize a bunch of different prayers, and then once you memorized it, you just say those prayers you memorized, and then you'd be good, you'd be, be able to go to the next step of being confirmed in the church. And so my parents would make me sit in my room before I could go out and play in elementary school to memorize these prayers. And that's all I remember prayer as. I just remembered it as just memorizing just random words, I had no idea what they mean. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is all about a relationship. Prayer is a way into a relationship with God. So every time now when I say prayer today, which I'm going to say it a lot because we're talking about prayer. So every time I say prayer, I want you to think relationship. Prayer equals relationship. Prayer equals what? Relationship. Write this down. Prayer is a gateway or a tool to a more intimate relationship with Jesus. It's a gateway or a tool to a more intimate relationship with Jesus. By the end of this sermon, by the end of this next 20 minutes, it's my prayer that you guys know how to pray, how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. But not only that, it is my prayer that you fall in love with Jesus to the point where you want to spend time with him. You want to spend time alone with him, because Jesus is going to talk about that today. He's going to say, "Hey, you got to spend time alone with me." And I've chased a lot of things in this world, but trust me, there's nothing better. Personal opinion here: there's nothing better than just spending time alone with Jesus. And so that's my prayer today. My prayer is that you realize how much Jesus loves you to the fact that you want to spend and desire to spend time with Him alone. Does that make sense? Nod your head if you're with me. We're going okay. So I also believe this is the most important topic or one of them to talk about because your relationship with God 
And how you communicate to God is the most important thing in this world. It's the most important thing. There's nothing more important than your relationship with God. And research shows that marriages that end up in divorce or end up just not healthy and not doing well, the main reason for that is communication. It's, it's bad communication. And so it's the same way with Jesus. If you're not communicating with Jesus, or if you're not communicating well with Jesus, that relationship, I'm going to go to say that that's at risk. Because when you, when you come in, into this world and you have trials and you have temptation come your way, which you're going to, if you haven't already, you're going to, probably in the next couple of weeks or something, right? This is life. And when that, those come your way, you'll have, you'll be, that relationship with Jesus will be at risk because you might walk away from your faith, which we see a lot, because you're not communicating with him. It's just like a marriage in that way. So how do you do this? How do you pray? Jesus is about to teach us that right now. Uh, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15 is what we're going to read. One day, basically, Jesus is praying, and his disciples are watching him pray. And then Jesus walks back over to his disciples, and one of his disciples says, Hey, Jesus, will, will you teach me how to pray? Will you teach me what you just did? And what's interesting about that is that these disciples were Jewish men, and they knew how to pray in their culture, in their context, in their religion. They knew a lot about prayer. They knew a lot about Scripture. They memorized Scripture. They knew a lot about it. But they must have noticed something was different in the way Jesus prayed. They must have noticed something, because, or else they wouldn't have asked him to show, a, show them how to pray. And so we're going through the series this summer called Red Letters, and basically... Meaning, if you haven't been here yet with us this summer, we're looking at only the words of Jesus. This summer, this entire summer, until school starts again, we're looking at what Jesus said, what came out of the mouth of Jesus. Jesus actually walked and talked on this earth just like us. And so he, he said things. And so we're looking at those things he said. And it's called red letters because... There's words in the Bible. Some Bibles have red words in the Bible, and those are basically just the words of Jesus. And so that's what we're focusing on this summer. And today, it's specifically looking at what Jesus said about prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 5 through 15. You guys there? All right. So follow along with me. It'll be up on the board as well. Um, Verse 5. And this is Jesus talking here. He says, and when you pray, do you say if? No, he said, when, when he, Jesus is expecting us to pray. So he said, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. I'm going to pause really quick right here. So if you want to spend time with your friend. Or if you want to spend time with someone to get to know someone on a more personal level. If you want to spend time with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse. What do you generally do if you want to get to know that person? Usually just spend time with them one-on-one, right? That's how you get to know someone on a more personal level. I mean, spending time with people in groups is great. And you get to know people that way. But spending time alone with people one-on-one is different. You, You get to know that person on a different level. And Jesus may be saying to you today that, hey, I want to know you at church, but I also want to know you one-on-one. 
Yes, we come and gather together, and yes, Jesus says this is good and this should happen, but also this should not be it. Jesus never said this is it. He said, I want to have a relationship with you one-on-one. It'd just be like hanging out with your best friend all the time in groups. Sometimes you want to hang out with them by themselves, right? Just, the, just you and them, right? It's the same thing with Jesus. Write this down. Jesus wants to have a one-on-one relationship with you, so that means spending time with him alone. So the message translation, just another translation of the Bible, I just love what it says about on this verse and talking about being alone with God. He says this, here's what I want you to do, Jesus talking here. He says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will then shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. You see, most of our lives We're trying to gain the favor, the likes, the adoration of other people. We're trying to put on a persona that that we have it all together. Or we're trying to act and look in a certain way so we can be accepted, right? So we, we tend to put on a filter sometimes. But this time with Jesus, write this down, is unfiltered. The time with Jesus is unfiltered. He said, I just want to I just want you to be as just simply and honestly as you can manage, just be there with me. Maybe you're here today and you're just tired. Maybe you're tired today of just the, the culture that we live in and you're just exhausted about being around your peers and always having to kind of act in a certain way to fit in. Maybe Jesus might be telling you right now, come, get away with me. Get away with me. Spend time with me. So verse 6, Jesus goes on. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He sees what is done in secret. What if we knew with confidence that God sees us and he hears us? Not, not that we think that, but actually, you guys, think about this. What if we 100% believe without a shadow of a doubt that when we pray, God sees us and he hears us? That would change everything. That, that would honestly change your entire life because then all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I would want to spend time with the God of the universe if I know for a fact he sees me and he hears me when I'm praying to him. Right? You'd, you'd want to spend time with him. This would change everything. And then it says, and he will reward you. Verse 6 says, and he will reward you. So th- there's a reward that comes from this. And we might be thinking like, well, hold up. Like, I haven't gotten that BMW I asked for, right? Like, I haven't gotten that mansion or whatever that is I'm asking for, right? Well, yeah, Jesus doesn't always answer those kind of prayers. But it's also for our good that he doesn't. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about the reward that comes from praying. So, verse 7, we'll keep going. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. So we're going to focus on the rest of this scripture here. When below Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. So highlight verses 9 through 13 in your Bible if you're following along. That's what we're going to focus on right now. And when Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, this isn't a formula for us to memorize. Don't get me wrong here. This is not a formula, right? This isn't something for us just to memorize, and then just to say, and then check it off our box. Rather, this is like a pathway, right? This is a model for how we should pray. Jesus is just outlining how we should pray here. And so we're going to get into this here. It says this, 
you, this is what you say and how to pray. Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we praise you for who you are. How big and holy and good you are, God. Jesus, we come before you surrendering everything, God, surrendering our lives, surrendering this morning to you, God. I pray that you speak to us today. God, I pray that right now, Jesus, we encounter you. God, I pray that we encounter you right now. Jesus, so speak your words to us today. Open up our hearts, God, to come to know you and love you. It's in your name we pray. We all say, amen. Amen. All right, so verses 9 through 13, I just got three points, just three practical points. I think Jesus may be speaking to us today about how to pray and the model and the outline for how to pray. These three points are, ready for this? Write these down. The first point, declare his greatness. Declare his greatness. The second point, surrender fully. The third point, recognize and confess your need or our need. So I'm going to go a little bit into detail on each one of these. And this is the outline. If you follow along in verses 9 through 13, this is the outline of what Jesus maps out in these verses on when he says, hey, this is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. Jesus says, for, for the first one, declare God's greatness. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this phrase, hallowed be your name, there's so much more to it. We, we'd probably just skip over it like I did a hundred times before preparing for this message. We'd probably just skip over it. Like it, it doesn't really make sense. I don't get it. Like what does this mean, right? But actually this is a very powerful saying what Jesus is saying here. This is, this is powerful because hallowed means big. It means majestic. It means holy, So Jesus, the first thing he does is praise God. He's saying, hey, you guys, this is what we should do. When we pray, we should praise God for who he is. So write this down. The first thing Jesus did when he prayed was declare how big, loving, and holy God is. But the first thing we do when we pray is ask for something. Right? Or that Sometimes that's the only thing we do. The only thing we tend to do sometimes is just ask for stuff when we pray. I, I would bet that a lot of us in here, our prayers are only asking for stuff. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus taught the exact opposite of that. And I, I would suggest that we should listen to that. So that's the first thing. We must declare his greatness. We must praise him. The second thing, surrender fully. Now this, this part is interesting. We should get stuck on this part longer than I think we do. We tend to skip over this part of, being, of surrendering to God. And this is what Jesus says. He says, so your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying that before we get to us, we must first surrender to him. Because you have a kingdom, I have a kingdom, you have a will, I have a will. And Jesus is saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Like before we get to that, surrender to me. We must say, God, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done first above ours. And this is hard. And honestly, you might be sitting in here and like, wow, I don't, I don't even understand this. 
But this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying we must surrender to God everything in our possession. Write this down. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will to the Father, not impose it. So the saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this should dictate how much we pray. Because before we start praying, God, will you heal me? God, will you take my brother out of darkness? God, will you heal my uncle? God, will you reconcile my parents' marriage? God, will you let me get that scholarship that I want? God, will you let me get in that school I want? Before we start asking for these things, we must first surrender to God and say, God, before I start asking for these things, I just want your kingdom to come. That's all I want. Because we must trust that that is better than anything that we can even think of or comprehend. So, and when we do this, when we pray this and we believe it, this is what we are rewarded with. Jesus rewards us with peace. You're rewarded with peace from Jesus when you surrender to him. You see, we all have things in our life that are not completely surrendered to Jesus. You know, and I say this all the time, following Jesus is so countercultural. It's so radical. It's, one of the, it's the hardest thing in this world to do is follow Jesus in the culture we live in today. You get persecuted all the time. I talked to someone yesterday, a high schooler, to yesterday that is being persecuted for following Jesus. You do get persecuted in your own way. It's, it's countercultural. It's hard. Right? This is difficult. But the thing is, Jesus said, hey, just surrender to me and trust me in that. Trust me in that. So what is it that you need to surrender to Jesus right now? Write this down. I want, I want you guys to reflect on this. What is the thing in your life right now that you need to surrender to Jesus? What is Jesus telling you to surrender over to him right now? You see that I believe Jesus is asking a couple of you that, the, this question right now. What is it in your life? And usually right now when I say surrender, that first thing that comes to your mind, that's, that's probably it. Right? I mean, that, there's one thing that comes to mind right now that, 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 that's for me right now in the life I'm in living right now that I need to surrender to Jesus more fully. So what is it that you need to surrender to Jesus? And that's what we need to incorporate in our prayers. Before we get to anything else, we must surrender that to him. So the second thing is surrender fully. The first thing is declare his greatness. Second thing, surrender fully. The third and final thing that Jesus outlines in how to pray is this. It's recognize and confess your need. Recognize and confess your need. So now that we got this right, now that we praise God for all he's done and how big and loving and how good of a father he is, now that we surrendered our life to him, now we can get to this third point where we recognize and confess our need for him. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this, this, this sentence right here, give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to suggest that this is not so much a request as it is a recognition. It's a recognition that everything comes from God. Every single thing that comes from God, whether it's food on the table, the water we drink, the roof over our head, the family God's provided for us, whatever it may be, the health that we have, the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, whatever it is, it's a gift from God and it's recognizing that. It's recognizing our need for Him. We need Him. If you don't feel like you're, you're in need, you won't feel like you need Jesus. 
And I'd argue if you don't feel like you're, you need right now, if, you, if you're not feeling like you need Jesus right now, you'll never fully accept him, even though you say it with your mouth. You must feel like you need. You need a Savior in order to accept Jesus fully. And Jesus died for that. So we can be forgiven. So, so we must feel like we are in need today. And, and Jesus then goes on to say, makes a pretty radical claim like he always does, to say, hey, if you don't forgive other people, those people who harmed you and did wrong against you, if you don't forgive them, your Father won't forgive you. You got it. You have to forgive those people. So that has to be something in our prayers as well, that we are forgiving other people. We must ask for forgiveness in our prayers for things that we have done wrong. But at the same time, we must forgive the other people in our lives that have done something wrong against us. Because Jesus is saying that we have to do that in order for us to be forgiven. We need to ask, for, we need to forgive others as we ask for forgiveness. So those are the three things that Jesus teaches us. He teaches us to declare his greatness, surrender fully, and recognize and confess your need. And Jesus teaches us, he taught us a lot through this just short chunk of scripture. But we must remember why we are, why we are praying. Like, why do we pray? We got to get back to that, right? We got to get back to why we are praying. We're praying to have a relationship with Jesus, right? We're praying to have a relationship with the God that created this world. We're praying to have a relationship with the God that created us. That's why we are praying. So prayer is not transactional but relational. Write that down. Prayer is not transactional but relational. It's not that, Jesus, I said this and did this for you, so now you give me this, right? It's not a business deal. It's just all about a relationship. It's a, it's a gateway or a tool to a more intimate relationship with Jesus. That's all it is. So I'm going to invite the worship band up right now. And we, we must remember that also this is not a weak God we're talking to. It, we're, the God that we talk to is not a weak God. He's a God of miracles. And that's why we pray. When we, he does not withhold any good thing from us. He gives generously. When we pray, we must expect. Listen for me here, you guys. Listen. When we pray, we expect God to move. For the junior high camp, we prayed a ton for that camp. We prayed over that camp a ton, and we expected God to move, and he did. He performed many miracles at that camp. So when you pray, expect him to move. That's what we need to do. We need to expect God to move because why? He hears and he sees you. He's with you. He's with you when you're talking to him. So declare God's greatness. The first thing, declare his greatness when you pray. Praise him. Was sit in his at his feet saying what an honor God it is just to be in your presence. The second thing, we must surrender fully. If there's something that you have not surrendered to Jesus, do it there. This isn't just asking for something. There's so much more to prayer than just asking God for stuff. So sit at Jesus' feet and say and think about the thing in your life. I, I, I would guarantee that there's at least one thing that you have right now in your heart that you have not surrendered to Jesus. So when we pray, we must give that to him. We must fully surrender. The third and last thing is recognize and confess your need. We, we must be a people that know that we are in need. We have to realize and recognize that we are in need, that we need a savior. And so we ask for forgiveness and in turn, we forgive other people. So this kind of prayer, it works every time, not because it moves God, but because it moves us. Prayer doesn't just move God, but it also it moves us too. That, that's what we are rewarded with. 
Jesus gives us peace because of that. Write this down. God moves you in the process of praying and brings you peace, knowing that he has you in his hands. So that's what he gives us. He gives us that peace. So I'm going to ask everyone, we're going to go into our time of response. We're not going to do discussion questions today. I just spent 20 minutes talking about prayer. And so I think it's only fitting that we end in pray, prayer, right? So I'm going to ask everyone to put away your books, put away your phones, whatever it is, put them under your seat. And we're going to, I want everyone, as you do that, to close your eyes and bow your heads. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Everyone's eyes are closed. Everyone's eyes are closed right now. Basically, what we're going to do right now is just take a minute. We're going to take a minute to encounter Jesus. I'm, going to, I'm not going to lie. I've been praying for this, this, and this minute the entire week. I've been praying that we encounter Jesus right in this minute. So we're going to pray right now, just quietly to yourself. You don't have to say anything out loud to Jesus. And if you want to follow the outline Jesus taught us today, it will be up on the board of those three things that you can do. But as we sit here right now, I want every single person in here to picture Jesus sitting right there with you. God is right there with you. Picture Jesus. He's right here with you. With your eyes closed, Jesus is right there. So when you pray to him over this next minute, know that he sees you and he hears you. He is right here with us. And maybe you're in here today and you've never accepted Jesus in your life. I'm telling you today right now, he's right there in front of you saying, hey, come home. All you have to say, scripture says, is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died for you and rose from the grave. So accept him into your life if you've never done so today. Maybe Jesus is telling you. Maybe today is the day for that. So we're going to take just one minute to pray right now, to encounter Jesus. Maybe there's something you need to surrender to him. So say that right now to him. Maybe you just want to praise him. Maybe you want to weep at his feet. Whatever it is, Jesus is right there with you. So eyes closed, you guys. Take-